views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Boy, do we have a great lineup for you guys today. You know, starting out with Kind Sight with photographer Robert Zuckerman. But before I introduce you guys to Robert, I want to shout out Mr. B. Hello, Mr. B. Hey, did you watch the Oscars? I caught a little bit of it. I was uh, kind of preoccupied with the boys. Uh, The girlfriend was a little under the weather, so I kind of took over some duties Uh, there. And so, you know. I uh, just I caught a caught up a little bit online about you know Chris yeah. Rock. I guess he did a really good job on opening uh, the Oscars and address uh, Oscars and addressed pretty much right away the, uh, <laughs> the debate back and forth about the whole yeah. you know you know situation. Yeah. But I mean it was uh, it's great overall and I'm um, congratulations to Leonardo DiCaprio finally got yeah. his oh, first yeah. and that's cool. Yeah, super. And by the way, I loved his speech. Oh I man, fantastic! Loved his speech. He was like crazy, crazy good. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, when you look at the Oscars, you certainly think about photography. You look at you know what people are showing up as and what they're showing up as not, mm-hmm. and you know both sides of that you know too reflect how we view things in the world and and what we what is the lens that we use. Well, today, Benny, we're going to get to talk with one of the best. Robert Zuckerman's joining us here today. And we're going to be talking about Kindsight. But how does photography as a vehicle for goodness, for connecting with life's everyday riches, how does that show up in the world? And what is it about photography now that we are so connected with and about? So many of you have seen some of the videos we've put together and some of the photographs that were in some of those videos, as you know, uh, were by Caitlin Fiery, uh, who is someone that stepped out into the world and found a skill that she had to take incredible pictures. Someone that was as a child, you know, had to go through some challenges over her life. Today, Robert is joining us here to talk about his amazing work in photography, what what happened, how he got interested in it. But, you know, in the same kind of way, talking with us about how do we overcome the obstacles of our life? You know, what do we do when stuff shows up, whether it's a diagnosis, whether it is, you know, in my case, in 2004, the only thing I could do literally was the radio because I was so, so not well at the time. Well, joining me here today 
of course, we're talking about somebody that has a passion and a purpose. But beyond that is what do you do with it? How do you get yourselves out in the world? How do you take that talent you have? How do you go beyond the beyond and become an amazing photographer, or shall I say, a conduit of what we actually see in the world and what's possible to see, a conduit to the world of messaging, as Robert calls it, kind sight. But in this collection of photographs that he's put together and text, what is it that sets his work apart? Why do we relate to so much of how he shows us the world through a different lens. And by the way, you know, he's been in advertising, publicity campaigns, you know, you, you know that you've seen his photographs in any given Sunday training day, Terminator, I can go on and on and on. But what's behind the man that's behind the camera? Robert, welcome to the show today. It's oh, wow. great to have you here. Well, well great to be here. And I, I'm just wondering, can I... Can we just bottle like whatever your energy is and just like I'll I'll, t I'll take like a lifetime supply of it, please. <laughs> you know, here's what it is. You know, the passion that you have for what you do yeah. is for me something I discovered in this venue later on in life. Yeah. But, you know, how do we take that passion? I mean, you know, what is this like for you as you hear somebody like me get so jazzed about talking about your work? Uh, and of course, it does relate to the Oscars last night and the mm -hmm. lens by which we see things. Yeah. H how has this become, you know, for you? How did you discover and fine tune, you know, the lens that we call Robert Zuckerman? Wow. Well, it's kind of like you said with the photographer that you just mentioned, yeah. who discovered something that was, you know, her niche or her you know, her, her way of doing things. Um, for me, I, in my early life, it's, you know, way back when, um, I, I went through, my parents were divorced and, you know, it was kind of one of these very shy, inhibited, low self-esteem kids. And I don't know when it was, but somewhere, you know, in my, before I even became 10, I became fascinated with the camera because I came to see it as like a, this magic box that connected the inner and the outer worlds. And I think that was my early attraction to it. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was the beginning. Um, then I really didn't, you know, get into it. I mean, I kind of loved photography and loved cameras, but I couldn't get a camera. And then, um, when I was in, I started college, uh, at Boston university and I thought I was going to be an, a lawyer because my mom's, my grandfather was a lawyer. And so I, I was taking political science or whatever. And then, um, I transferred I kind of followed a friend of mine who was <clears throat> my mentor back then out to uh, UC Berkeley in my junior year. And it was then that my friend, his name is Joel Levinson, who's an amazing photographer, and he was my early mentor. And basically, he said to me four very powerful words that uh, I've relayed to a lot of young people, which is basically, you can do it. <sighs> and he, yeah. you know, he, uh, he introduced me and then basically, you know, gave me permission to do that. And then it was like a whole world opened up. So, um, that's, you know, that was the early start of it. And, um, yeah, it just, you know, it just, it just went on from there, but you know, in life, I, I don't know, not, maybe not everyone's like this, but I think we're all, we all have different experiences that lead us to see things in a different way. But for me, 
early on in photography, I wanted to do something more than just, you know, click a lens and get and get dates. You know, I, <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to do to do something that helped the world and was good for people. And even um, I remember very early on in my uh, in my path of photography, I I discovered good intention as a really a key ingredient in, in that, but also in anything. So whenever I was photographing someone, I would sort of think to myself, well, I really want this photograph to help you, or I want this photograph to be something you'll, you'll really like. And I found that no matter how, what, whatever your level of technique, if you have good intention in anything you're doing, it comes through in the results. I love that because you're absolutely right about that. I mean, you know, you asked me about my my energy and it's fascinating. You and I get to talk about this because, you know, here we are. How have we changed? How have we been able to take maybe maybe a not so good poker hand that perhaps we were dealt? How do we get to take that and turn that in to something that is absolutely amazing? And what you're talking about is giving yourself permission to be shy, to be introverted. I, you know, you were describing yourself, Robert, and my yes. gosh, you were describing me. <laughs> yeah, I, people don't think about that right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it would be hard for me to believe that listening to you now, but I understand. Exactly. But yeah. isn't this what happens, though, when we step into the creative flow of, of our lives? You know, when we're really in that zone where we're able to shine, Mm-hmm. Doesn't it bring out the best of us? Haven't you seen that even in your photography and your and your own self transformation? Yeah. yeah, I mean, every second that we go along, we have choices to make, mm. and uh, you know, and it's how we want to deal with the situation, how we want to treat a person, um, and so uh, like every day is filled with opportunities to take the high road and to be a good person or to do good deeds, uh, you know, whatever si- whatever size or whatever scope, and so. That's something that I've, um, you know, that photography has helped me to, to learn, but, you know, it spreads out into other areas of life as well. Um, but, yes, I, I, like you, I was very shy and inhibited, yeah. and now I basically talk to everybody. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just interesting. I know. I'm still a super introvert. You know, I'm still one of these people that, you know, once I am, you know, not doing what you and I are doing here, reaching millions of people all over the world when I'm not doing it. You know, I if you were to take a picture of me while I'm on air and then a picture of me uh, when I'm off of air, right, a photo of me off air. It's really interesting what you'd see the difference in energy. And haven't you, though, discovered that in your own journey? That there are people that when they're on, they know they're doing a Photoshop, that's, shot, that's what they look like. But oh, then yeah. for a minute, we're off camera and yeah. we get a glimpse of something else. Have you, haven't you discovered that for sure? Oh, for sure. Well, actually, uh, back, I think it was like in 1998, I was working on an independent film. And I, you know, I had a career in doing photographs on movie sets. And I was uh, working on a movie with the incredible model Claudia Schiffer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I was—I had known her before that, seen her in all the guest ads and how stunning and gorgeous she was. But really, in real life, she was very, you know, she, she wasn't that, I mean, she wasn't that incredible to me. Yeah. You know, she was kind of plain and, you know, very nice, but, you know, unassuming. But as soon as I turned that camera on her, something happened. And she just like, you know, became radiant in, in, a, in a way that's hard to describe. So I'm not sure what that is, but yeah. it was pretty amazing to see yeah. that. 
I love this because, you know, if we could just take a hot second and talk about the Oscars for a minute. Okay. And not necessarily talk about the Oscars, but let's talk about the images for a minute. You know, and uh, I want to focus a bit on, you know, the, the both the men and the women in the top ca- categories. And here here's what's really fascinating to me. As I looked at most of the people that have won, yeah. I could not help how transformed they were in mm-hmm. the movies they were in and, yeah. and the way they showed up last night, right? Literally, if you looked at those people and some of the roles they played, you mm-hmm. know, everyone from Charlize Theron in Mad Max, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, to, uh, to, to you, you know, to Alicia, uh, who played in, you know, Ex Machina and other play. It They're almost not recognizable, are they? Mm. Right. Yeah. No. Right. And um, you know, part of uh, having dealt with many actors uh, f- through the years, doing a f- you know photographing them in relation, like in connection with the publicity for their films, I would often like do magazine photographs for them when they were doing publicity for the films. You know, actors are very concerned, and that's why many actors have publicists that work for them. You know, the, the, to control their image because their image is their business. So yeah. they're, you know, it's something that they're they're concerned about. I um, I remember um, back in 2003, I I worked on an independent film um, with uh, with Deborah Winger, and um, the first day of the film, you know, I went up to her and introduced myself, and she said, you know, well, good. I hope that's the last I see of you, yeah. you know, for the movie, and not not in a you know more in a professional way because she had told me, you know, we're often you know, lose control of our image or our likeness out there. So um, actually, it was funny because the next day uh, after that, she came up to me and said, oh, I saw some of your photographs in a magazine last night. And um, then I told her about that 11 years prior to that, I had worked on a movie with her ex-husband, Timothy Hutton. And at that time, their four-year-old son was on the set. Who's you know, back when I did that movie. And I did this really incredible photograph of him. And I told her, I said, I did this photograph of Noah. And she goes, oh, my God, that's my favorite photograph. It's in my living room. And then from that moment on, we were like the best of friends. So, but, yeah. that's, but, but, but what she was saying to me, that there's a concern of actors and how they're portrayed. And, you know, yeah. also you have the whole faction of the paparazzi. I mean, I remember I was uh, working on this film called The Banger Sisters with yes. Goldie yeah. Hawn and Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And... um we were filming at some college campus, and I remember, I guess, some paparazzi with a telephoto lens had gotten this, you know, very unflattering photo of Goldie Hawn, like, you know, eating food or something like that. And to me, that's not, that's a different, like, when I talk about good intention, that's not there. You know, that's just in making money, and that's what they do. Um, so, anyway, I know I'm diverging a little bit from your well, question. No, but-, but that's actually what we're talking about today is, you know, in looking at how do we get to show up and what is the importance of photography today in mm-hmm. uh, in portraying messages? And this is really kind of cool, Robert. I'm so glad I got you. I, You know, you're here joining us today yeah. because never in the history of our humanity mm-hmm. has imaging been as prevalent as it is today. Oh, yeah. The only other time that I can think about it, imagery, is when you go back thousands and thousands and thousands of years when people were, were, were putting imaging on cave walls, right? Right, yeah. That's it. Here we are today. I wanted to ask you this question. You know, 
what is important about photography today in the world and you know what is it that we can learn from the way that we're imaging life mm. well that's that's kind of a broad question i yeah. mean uh, you know um we are a very image-oriented society, mm -hmm. and um, you know nowadays, as you say, uh, imagery is so pervasive because uh, you know everyone has a camera now. Whereas you know even 20 years ago, it wasn't that same way. So um, you know now, for like for me, again here here again, I go back to the intentionality. Yes. Of you know, for me, what sets someone like me apart from the mil anyone who can have a camera and Instagram and make their photographs look cool. Well, you know, for me, it's really like, okay, I really got to give the best I can give, and and I want to make I want to make this person look good, and especially me working with a lot of you know famous people whose image is their business and their their livelihood. You know, I um I've learned how to do you know some I'm not a master at Photoshop, but um, I've learned how to you know do things that can help out a little bit. Uh, you know, for instance, I once remember seeing, you know, I had worked, I told you, with Susan Sarandon yeah. on, uh, on Banger Sisters. And then I saw some magazine cover where it was kind of a you know, up angle shot and you could see the, the hairs in her nose. And I was like, you know, where, where was the art director there? That would have taken like, you know, 15 seconds to clean that up. So I, I kind of am very careful about even what I, that's where digital um, photography has been helpful because now, as a photographer, I'm the gate. I'm the, the line of first, uh, you know, the, the line of first defense. So I will, um, I'll try not to even turn anything in that in any way compromises someone because you know once it gets out of your hands, yeah, you don't, you don't really have control of it. Yeah. So, um, uh, but so so I, I especially in that world, you know, it's it's important. Also, um, you know, in the in the news, I mean, you know, this the thing is, I've seen things even in the news or I've heard stories about how, you know, the news photography, you're not supposed to do anything. It's supposed to just be that and not, you know, Photoshop. But I've heard stories, unfortunately, where things have been manipulated to, you know, to kind of uh, cater to a particular story, which, uh, you know, to me, I think is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, that's also part, yeah. of, part of it. So, you know, for me personally, I just try to um, maintain integrity and respect um, with the whole series of Kindsight, which we'll talk about more, but you mentioned, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I always, and I tell this to students, I said, photography is a, is a vehicle for many things, but among them is respect. So if I'm, uh, you know, having a conversation with someone and I think, well, I'd like to photograph this person, I'll ask them. And if they say, no, I don't push it. I respect that because there'll always be something else, right. you know, so right. I try to, to, you know, make it a vehicle for that. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting that we are in the world today, and I know we're talking, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. We're in the world today that the latest research, the latest research uh, mm -hmm. that has come out now is, is the following, Robert. I think you'll find this very interesting, and that is it doesn't matter what you want to put out in the world, especially on the Internet now. Mm -hmm. That all of the statistics show, and this is something you've known for decades, right? All of the statistics show that do not put a message out without an image. Okay, mm -hmm. right out of the gate. They're saying half the time people will click on the image and never read. 
that first oh, yeah. line of text. And so oh. I, as a photographer, I'm wondering, did you ever think you would see the day that that would become a reality in our world? Wow. Um, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's, it's also, the thing is, I, I learned early on, like um, in the early 90s when I was really getting into it, I did a lot of uh, editorial work for different magazines. Uh-huh. And I, I learned then also, like if you, give, if you give the photo editor's choice A, B, C, and D, most often they'll use D, like the weakest choice. So <laughs> I, learned, I learned don't put out anything there that you don't want to be published. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was one of my early lessons. Oh, my gosh. You know, Robert, I want to ask you, first of all, let me just tell everybody, if you're just tuning in, I'm thrilled to have Robert Zuckerman joining me here today. Fabulous photographer. We're going to be talking about kind of sight today. You know, as a photographer, there is a vehicle, a vehicle we can use for goodness, for mm -hmm. connecting with every day's richness and life. And never before in our history has the audience of receiving this, Robert, be bigger than it is today. Yeah. And so what is it about photography as a vehicle? Tell us a bit about what you've discovered and why this is so passionate to you. Yes, well, you talk about Kindsight. Yeah. That's, um a uh, body of work that I started uh, to do shortly after 9-11. And uh, we were, you know, the world was really enshrouded in this cloak of terror. Everything was about terror. And I was sitting around talking to a friend of mine one day, and we came to the realization or the conclusion that the antidote or antithesis to terror is in the richness of everyday life that's all around us always. And um, so what I began doing is I just began documenting random encounters and it didn't have to be some big special setup a random encounter in the street or on a bus or anywhere and I would document it with a photograph and a short like paragraph beneath it of text and um, so I just um, this had this was actually informed by something that I had uh, discovered or solidified in myself a decade earlier in the early 90s um, excuse me in the early 90s I um, joined a group of people in, uh, in the Los Angeles area who were volunteering at an AIDS hospice uh, in Van Nuys. And um, mm. during that, and it was, I had just ended a long relationship. I was looking for something meaningful, and, oh. and it was a pretty intense experience, as you can imagine. A lot of the residents of this hospice were people who didn't have families, and the volunteers really became like their families. And when I was in there, um, these people let me, you know, they, once I there was a trust level. They let me photograph them, and I produced these incredible photos. Uh, and so the following year, that was 1992. In 1993, there was a big citywide show in Los Angeles. Um, many artists in many venues, but the whole theme was HIV and AIDS. And in the venue where I had my photographs displayed, there was another artist who was a painter from San Francisco who was HIV positive, and she painted these beautiful flowers that were just really... Um, radiant with feeling and in her artist statement on the wall she said something really that stuck with me and very uh, I thought very insightful she said the more personal my expression the more universal its meaning so that was something that really rang a bell with me it just you know, don't try to do what you think people want but just come from your heart and and it will reach a lot of people and so that kind of uh, you know that really informed my work and when I started yeah. doing these these kind side pieces 
that was really the gist of it. Just be personal. Don't try to, uh, you know, do something you think people will want. Just come from your heart and be very honest and straightforward. And I found that the Kindsight pieces, really, I began emailing them around to friends and associates, and I got such a positive response right off the bat. And from really a broad range of people of different, you know, political and uh, religious and everything, you know, it kind of was a uni- there was a universality yeah. to it. So, um, so I just, uh, you know, I began doing more and more and more. And then I remember one time I sent around some uh, big movie poster that I'd shot and uh, some guy wrote back, well, nice poster, but I like the stories better. So I kind of knew I was onto something there. Yeah. And um, so that's what I've been doing ever since 2002. Uh, you know, it's, it's become really a lifelong work. And I've, as I've found it. And what's interesting is a lot of these random people that I've met on the street, many of them are still my friends. I've, you know, yeah. developed friendships. So um, it's just, it's just interesting. One time in uh, one of the early um, photographs that uh, I actually didn't make it into a Kindsight piece until many years later, but in 2002, when I first started doing this, I was working on a project in Las Vegas and there was a, a gentleman on the street who was kind of watching us film and his face was all beat up and distorted. It looked like he had you know, had his jaw broken, but he was smiling and he was, you know, a home, he was a homeless guy on the street and we talked and I, I gave him, uh, gave him some money and he gave me a hug and we talked and I photographed him. And, um, it turned out he pulled out a card out of his wallet that he was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam. Mm. And, you know, now he was a homeless vet, but anyway, flash forward about 10 years, I uh, I looked at the photograph and I actually, in retrospect, wrote a Kindsight piece about it, and I put it out there. Um, I think it was, you know, I, I I have my own blog and I I have a blog on the Huffington Post for it, and then I probably put it on Facebook. And um, my one day my phone rang, and it was this guy's son calling me. Wow! Wow! And it was you know out of like he hadn't seen he hadn't seen his father passed away like um, you know shortly after I met him and or I'm not sure when, but it was at some point there, and he was just calling me to reach out. So pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, Robert, one of the things that I love about this, and we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about it, is that, you know, it's interesting, you and I sitting here and talking, and while we, we may be doing different things, our intention is so perfectly aligned. Oh, yeah. You know, the idea of you having insight that there is a message and a meaning that is so important in today's yeah. culture and society, yeah. and then taking that met- that that passion and and calling it kindsight's amazing. And here we are, thirteen years ago, people almost laughed us out of. They laughed us out of the studio, saying, "Positive yeah. talk? What are you crazy? <laughs> you, know, you know, you people have lost your mind." And you know, like, you know, what are you, Doctor Pat? What What are you a doctor of? You should go to therapy. And I mean, I had people say this to me, and I have to tell you yeah. that there was a moment, and I want to talk with you about this when we come back. I had a moment where I thought they were right, but then I got saved. I got saved by a debilitating illness. How did that save my soul? How did that save Robert's soul? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Loving can hurt 
Loving can hurt sometimes, but it's the only thing that I know. Shine on radio. Find your shine with Kelly is the show that celebrates what makes you you. Join co-hosts Kelly Wadler and Dr. Pat Basili as they break down how to brilliantly fuel and move your body and love what makes you shine. Kelly is a professional arts and wellness coach dedicated to helping brilliant women find their confidence, energy, self-love, and shine. Tune in to Shine On Radio with Kelly and find your shine on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer Radio Show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. What are vibes? We often use this word, but did you know vibes can actually be useful and help solve our everyday challenges? Embark on an exciting learning journey with Caitlin Keat, 11-time Visionary Award winner, specialist in vibrational energy, and the creator of Vibes Up. Join Caitlin as she takes you through the world of vibrational therapy and energy healing with natural solutions for a modern world. Visit VibesUp.com to learn more today.
Oh, wow. Thank you, Benny. Wow, it's awesome. For those of you out there, why don't you go ahead and go to robertzuckerman.com. Robert, are there any other places you'd like to send people to? How can they get a copy of uh, any and all of what we're talking about here today? Oh, well, yes. Um, uh, my book, Kindsight, is uh, it's, it's actually out of print right now. And mm-hmm. um, I had intended to uh, publish volume two and three, but because of my life journey and my situation with my genetic condition, you know, it's kind of gotten a little bit delayed, but um, you can still go on Amazon and, and find Kindsight, or I have a, a stash of books personally, so people can email me at robert at robertzuckerman.com. So it's robert at r-o-b-e-r-t-z-u-c-k-e-r-m-a-n.com. And, you know, I can go directly there. I also have a, um, a, a Kindsight blog on the Huffington Post, which is, uh, well, it's a long address, but if you go onto the Huffington Post website and search out either Robert Zuckerman or Kindsight, it will come up. And, um, you know, I have a, a personal blog, a Kindsight blog as well, but the Huffington Post one is really the best one right now. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. There are some things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, and I want to make sure everybody uh, is able to do that. Also, you know, when you go to Robert's site, you're also going to be able to see that, you know, he has a a Kindsight gallery and you could take a look at uh, the many, many posts that he has up there. You know, let's talk about something you and I just touched upon earlier that we have in common. Right. And that is, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're going through your life and, and somebody says to you, uh, by the way, you're really not well. You have this, 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 or in my case, we don't know what you got, but we yeah. just know that uh, you, 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 Pat, you're looking at a wheelchair here. Uh-huh. And, you know, the question is, does it make you stronger? As, as Kelly Clarkson would say. If it don't kill you, is it going to make, is it going to, did it make us stronger here, uh, Robert? <laughs> well, I feel, I feel that it did. And my situation is that I have a, um, a younger half sister. We have the same mom, different dads. Uh-huh. My sister, Patty, who um, is, uh, she, uh, in her, much earlier in her life, um, in her 20s, she began having issues and she's now quadriplegic. And I've been her, and they never diagnosed her. We did a lot of tests, you know, this is going back to the late 1980s. Um, and so for many years, I was her, you know, caregiver. I still am, but, mm-hmm. you know, more fully when I was able-bodied, uh, you know, bathing her, taking her places as she was going through her process. So when my situation occurred, I started having mobility impairment uh, in like late 2002, 2003. I was in my late 40s. Um, you know, it wasn't as it wasn't as traumatic to me because I had been caring for Patty for so long and I, you know, saw it more in her situation. Um, so, uh, it, it, and also it does, you know, there's that old sort of adage about when one, uh, capability or sense or something is diminished, other ones become stronger. And I've, I've kind of found that out to be true myself. I mean, it's like, you know, if I'm in a confrontation or, or some kind of uh, argument with somebody, you know, or whatever, I can't run away, you know, so I just have to stand there and face it. And so I feel that my personal power and my spirit have become stronger in a certain way. And um, I've also, and this may sound morbid, but it's actually not, uh, you know, I've become much more aware of of my mortality. Um, 
you know, I was told when I was finally diagnosed with my disease uh, after about seven years of trying to find out, or almost eight years, that um, it's potentially fatal or terminal or it shortens the life expectancy, you know, I became much more aware of my mortality. And I've realized, you know, that um, pretty much the moment you're conceived, you know, the moment the sperm hits the egg, your meter starts running. And you never know when your time is going to come. And that's, to me, both good news and it's bad news yeah. in one sense because everyone here is going to die. But that's also good news. Why is it good news? Because it really helps, at least for me, focus on how I want to spend this finite time that we have here and how I want to conduct myself and how I want to be. And also, you know, it's, it leads to other things too, which is that really I, I feel that our beings don't really begin at birth nor end at death, that, you know, we, our spirit carries on in certain ways. And um, I don't know, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but no, it, it, but it's part of the conversation because, yeah. you know, sometimes what we do and we're now, you know, I mean, you know, this is science and spirituality that are finally kind of getting on the same page for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, you have on the one hand, you have a guy like Dr. Oz saying everything is energy. Energy is the next frontier. Then yeah. you have the people that I've been able to hang around with here in the past decade who have said, you know, energy is here now understanding how we show up in the world, what we show yeah. up as, yeah. is going to make a difference. And isn't that, you know, what the message is behind Kindsight? You know, it really yeah. is a portrayal of energy uh, through photography in a different way. You know, what do you think, Robert? What do you think about that? No, I, I, I love that. That's it's actually true. And I just came to the, you know, especially when we were going through the whole political landscape of terrorism and this and that, and, you know... Um, I realized for in, in hindsight, there is, is no such thing as us and them. It's all us. And, um, and that's something that, uh, you know, even in, in the classic poem, like, uh, by John Donne, where he goes, no man is an Island. Uh, one of the things that he says is, is any man's death diminishes me for I am part of, or I am involved in mankind. So we're all together and we're all human beings and we're all like, you know, there's a whole like Gaia theory where, you know, all of humanity is one organism and we're like the individual cells in that organism. So if something happens, you know, somewhere on the other side of the planet, I, it affects me and I have a hard time, you know, I think about it. So and I think a lot of us are affected that way too. Um, so that's kind of what Kindsight is about, is that everybody is a star, everybody has a story. And uh, there's a, 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 a phrase that I coined with this, is just I call it the power of hello. And, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, how that awkward silence of being in an elevator and you don't talk to people. Well, just, you know, saying hello. And it's amazing what happens when you start talking to people, the stories that come out and you find that, look, everybody's got a story. Everybody's been through something <clears throat> pretty much. And so that's really the beauty of it. Yeah. You know I mean? But, so. you know, one of the things that is so important <clears throat> in talking with you today yeah. about this, too, is looking at what happens inside of us yeah. what happens with our hearts when we decide that this is really the message this is the way i want to be in the world you know as you think about robert and you think about the many 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 people you photographed um uh who comes to mind for you who 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 comes to the top of your list of moving you uh right smack dab in the heart well, um, <clears throat> really one of my favorite subjects is, um, who I told you, my sister, Patty. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, right now she's in a, a stage where she's she, she has very, very limited movement in her hand. I mean, she can't hold anything. So uh, and she can't speak. But her eyes are so alive and so filled with life and light. But she'll see me raise my camera and she'll just kind of give me that look. And it's like, OK, here we go again. But um, she's been really one of my favorite subjects. Um, you know, I've uh, as far as, you know, movie stars and famous people, I've had, you know, great uh, collaborations with, um, you know, Denzel Washington, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Will Smith. I love working. Uh, I did a movie with Kate Winslet and um, she's, you know, even oh. though she's she's at the you know, top of the mountain in terms of acting. She's just so down to earth. Yeah. And, um, you know, another English actress, Helen Mirren, the same way, just so yeah. down to earth. So I've, I've, you know, I've, I've had good experiences with many people. I mean, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, yeah. on Terminator three factors, a great, uh, uh, story that the listeners might enjoy. Uh, when I was working on Terminator three, which was back in 2002 and we were filming in Los Angeles, and one day we were uh, sitting on the set and, and in between setups and Arnold is in his chair and he, he goes, Robert, do you have your cell phone? I said, sure, Arnold. He goes, I want to talk to your mother. So I call my mom who's down here in Miami Beach where I am. And I said, hey, mom, someone wants to talk to you. And I put her on the phone with Arnold and they talk and talk and, you know, at least five minutes. They have a nice conversation. And then in the end, uh, Arnold says to my mom, you'll your son is the best photographer I've ever worked with. And then he goes, but he doesn't get the credit you do because you produced him. And I just thought that was such a nice uh, shout out to parents, yeah. you know, yeah. so that was something that, um, you know, that, that I really liked. Um, so, and then I, I worked with Arnold again back 10 years later in 2012. And so that was one of the nice things about uh, the film business is uh, I did it for, uh, you know, in earnest as a photographer for about 25 years is, you know, running into people, there's kind of a circle and you run into people again. And those, you know, working relationships are something that I really, you know, value and treasure from that. But so, yeah, my sister, Patty, um, boy, I, I don't want to leave anyone out. But I know, you know I know. But, you yeah. know, it, we get to change our minds based on, you know, yeah. what is true for us, because part of this is the transformation. I right. want to take a short break, Robert, when we come back. Let's okay. talk a little bit about how when we say yes to our passion and our, pur and our purpose, mm -hmm. we too become transformed and yes. take the journey. Take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back listening to the Dr. Pat Show, my very special guest joining me here today, Robert Zuckerman. When we come back, we'll tell you a lot more about how you can tap in to your passion, your purpose, mm -hmm. and meaning in the world today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. These memories for ourselves Where our eyes are never closing Hearts are never broken And time's forever frozen still So you can keep me Inside the pocket of your ripped jeans Holding me closer till our eyes There are so many resources out there for meditation but did you know that Atana's Heart Earth Healing Meditation is available for you for free? Yes, that's right. You can receive this free healing meditation today from Atana Badili. All you need to do is visit his website, atanamethod.com. That's A-T-A-A-N-A method.com and sign up. You will receive your free meditation instantly. 
That's AtanaMethod.com. Get into it for 2016. Do you want more prosperity, clarity, energy, and balance in your life? Join Lynn Brown now through March for one of her amazing workshops, each focusing on a key part of living your best life. For more information and to register for one of these amazing workshops, visit lynnbrownevent.com. That's lynnbrownevent.com. And get into it this 2016 with Lynn Brown. Put a little in your life with Keys. Keys Clear Protein Waters have 22 grams of smile-making, attitude-adjusting protein in every bottle. Did I mention it's tongue-tingling taste? Not just another guilty pleasure. With Keys, you'll enjoy every low-sugar sip and freedom from gluten, lactose, and GMOs. Who needs the fountain of youth when you can find Keys on Amazon or at Keys, K-E-E-S, please.com. Put a little in your attitude with Keys Protein Water. What if we really didn't have to die to go to heaven? Are you curious about the afterlife or rebirth? The highly anticipated new book from author Dr. Susan Allison, You Don't Have to Die to Go to Heaven, is available now. Find out how to find guidance and healing in the spirit realms. Order the book today and put it on your must-read list for 2016. Visit DrSusanAllison.com to learn more. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub for Empowerment Radio and learn breakthrough solutions to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in the first and third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific to Empowerment Radio with host Dr. Friedemann Schaub on Transformation Talk Radio. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Pat. The ancient Inca root vegetable maca is world-renowned for its wide array of health benefits. As a family-run company of true maca specialists, the maca team's mission is to provide you with fresh, organic, premium-quality maca powders at a fair price. Amazing. All of the products are always organically grown, fair-traded, GMO-free, fresh, and potent. So don't take my word for it. Experience the life-changing benefits of maca today. Visit themacateam.com. can heal loving can mend hey everybody welcome back it's so great to have you here for more information about us go to the dr pat show or go to transformation talk radio uh for more information about robert zuckerman certainly go to robertzuckerman.com but you can also google his name and you'll get lots of information for sure kind site k-i-n-d-s-i-g-h-t perfect place for you to see exactly what this work is about you know capturing the essence of people you know their souls shining through you know it is quite an accomplishment when you can literally have the skill the talent and certainly you know the soul journey to do that uh you know i will tell you something interesting robert and i know we're going to talk about passion and purpose here today uh, in this segment, talk about, you know, what is it that calls us to bring something forth? I think one of the most misunderstood young actresses uh, in the past decade uh, uh, or so, 
has been Megan Fox. And mm-hmm. I saw a picture that you took of Megan Fox. Yeah. And uh, and if that did not uh, speak volumes to a side of this young woman, of course, yeah. that uh, was never really shown. I mean, yeah. everything yeah. from words that were said about her and not said about her, the demise yeah. of Transformers, it's just not who this woman was. Yeah. You know, you, you know t- can you talk a little bit about this and how this particular picture may reflect what it's like to invite people to bring their talents to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's one thing I learned in, in, in Hollywood, you know, because there's a lot of gossip and you hear things and I've, yeah. I learned, uh, I just made a cho- choice early on to take everything with a grain of salt, mm. uh, you know, until I had a firsthand experience with the person and, um, you know, especially with actors. I mean, um, you know, really they're, I, I, you know, it's like kind of what they say, what, what you put out comes back yeah. to you or what comes around goes. So I just try to treat everyone with respect uh, on the set. And that's kind of, I think, what, you know, was my brand or what my voice or my vision that I found for, you know, the path I wanted to take with photography. Um, so, you know, I I got along well with Megan and we, you know, we spoke to each other just like, you know, human beings and people. Yeah. And um, I didn't really, you know... I don't. I, I mean, you know, outside of the film world, you know, people would say, "Oh, you're going to work with Megan Fox or something like that," or you, you hear these different things. But yeah. really, they're just hardworking people doing their job. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was. I mean, maybe that's what you saw. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, which it's a beautiful talking. picture. I mean, it was yeah. for me. It was stunning. Here, this young woman is, and at the time, you know, there was so much floating around out there. She's yeah. sitting on the beach. I think she's sitting on metal, and oh, she's yeah. taking sand, and she's pouring oh, yeah. sand over her feet. Yeah, and it is such a beautiful shot that you yeah. can see the beauty in the, her her soul. Yeah, and I think that's what you do, Robert. You really catch parts of people yeah. that. that show their light right even in their darkest moments Mm -hmm. you can see their light Uh, and and that's really i think today one of the most important things for us to bring forth in the world is our light don't you think absolutely absolutely there's a great um uh book uh, a version of the i ching by um brian brown walker and uh, in that book i remember there's a quote which says if you look for the good in others, you will find it there. And then there's another somewhere. I there's another quote that's similar to that, which says, "When you speak to the good in others, you strengthen it." And so, that's to me. I mean, if you look for the good, and and so that's I think maybe maybe what happens in those photos, yeah. or what I do with photography to try and find the good in people, and then others will see it too. Yeah. What do you think, Robert? I know we've got a few minutes left. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you about. Um, how how would you encourage people today to bring their gifts to the forefront? You know, maybe it's photography, maybe mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. But how would you encourage them to do that? And how did bringing your gift forward literally change you and your destiny? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of times, you know, uh, they they have that there's a phrase that says you people can be their own best friend or their mm-hmm. own worst enemy <laughs> and a lot of times we stop ourselves from doing something and if you have a passion for something i think just you know is to try it if it's something you really want to do because you don't want to have the regret that you didn't try something 
Um, a few years ago, I was uh, with another gentleman, Doug Dvorak. We were doing uh, speaking engagements at various campuses of the Intel Corporation. You know, the Intel that makes the computer chips. So it's a very tech, you know, company, and a lot of people work in cubicles, and you know, they they lead sort of the quote unquote geek existence. And um, we would uh, like three weeks before our speaking engagement, we would sponsor a photography contest where we would ask these employees to submit up to three images that t told a story about someone or something in their lives. And I have to tell you, Dr. Pat, that uh, what came out of these people when given the opportunity to express themselves was incredible. Mm -hmm. Some amazing photographs, and they wrote these amazing little narratives with them too. So um, I don't know. I think if there's an opportunity yeah. to give, like my, my, I told you how early on yeah. my mentor and friend Joel said to me, you can do it. And that's yeah. something that uh, I try to pass along to young people. And there's plenty, of, and it also, there's many opportunities to pass, you know, they say pay it forward or pass it on. And that's something that we have opportunities for every day too, just to empower others. I think that's part of our, yeah. uh, that's both an obligation and an opportunity in life to be able to do that. And that's going to, you know, in, in some, might be in a very small way, but to put goodness in the air, to empower others uh, in whatever we can is really what's going to make the world better for those that follow us. I love that message because you're you're right. I I know that when I get and sit down, I look back at my life, Robert. Yeah. I think about all the angels that have shown up oh, and yeah. doing the most courageous things that at the time I didn't each actually appreciate. You know, everything, right, Robert, from a boss that mm -hmm. broke the rules at the telephone company so that I could leave early as a clerk oh. and go to school at night. Yeah, and hopefully. Don't these things help shape the person that we can become? Yes. Yeah, they, they really do. And um, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. No. You know, the small actions and, and we have the opportunity every day. And, um, you, know, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're only here for a finite amount of time. So we have these choices to make for wonder. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, eternity, there's that phrase that eternity is the now. Yeah. So if we really want to know eternity, it's here for us right now. Yeah. And it is an amazing time. All we have to do is suit up and show up. Robert, thank yeah. you for a great show today. I have oh, one last you. thing I'd like you to I'd yeah. like to ask you. What's yes. your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Oh, um, well, it's it's pretty simple. It's just be a good person. Mm. And uh, every day there's opportunities for that. And that's going to, you know, make the world better for, for now and for those that follow. And I think that's, that is our, you know, we, we want to seek eternity or immortality. Well, just be good. Just be a good person. And that's, that's what's going to help make the world a better place for others now and for those that follow us. Wow. Robert Zuckerman, everyone, please go ahead and find out lots more. Take a look at these amazing, amazing photographs that we're talking about, his work. The messages behind it go to robertzuckerman.com. We're going to take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we'll be right back with Atana. Stay tuned.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.